Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. My name is Rijk van Kerk and it's my weekly podcast where I speak to leading investment professionals. And my guest today is Ross Beckley. He's a fund manager and analyst at High Street Asset Management. He has been in the industry since 2011. He is the fund manager of the High Street High Equity Prescient Fund, which is a very, very interesting Regulation 28 fund. And over the past 12 months, it gained more than 22%, while the average return of multi-asset high equity funds was around 3.2%. Ross, thank you so much for joining me. That is a big, big difference, especially if you look at that, it is a Regulation 28 fund. But you approach the Reg 28 regulations a bit differently. You only invest your local portion into shares with significant offshore exposure and it stood you in good stead. Can you just take us through your strategy of this fund? Yeah, good morning, Rex. Thanks for having me on your show. A few years back, we decided to offer investors something unique. Obviously, there was a lot of um, angst around the economy and uh, if people could sustain their retirement going forward. So as I've previously mentioned to investors, we don't oscillate between being bullish and bearish on South Africa and try and find value. We simply offer them a Rand Hedge product if they are feel so inclined to go that route. So what the fund does is we've just shy we've got just shy of a 90% Rand Hedge bias at the moment. The share with the highest African exposure is mixed telematics with 60%. But other than that most of them are predominantly offshore focused on their revenue streams. Over the past year, it's been very good for us. Obviously, the RAND has depreciated, but not as much as many people would think, with an only slightly less than 5% depreciation. So in light of that, we're actually very pleased with the fund performance, which has been mainly been driven by our exposure to the tech sector. And we all know how that sector has benefited post-lockdown. Yes, the top shareholding in the fund is Naspers Process, British American Tobacco and Trendcore. But I think one of the factors of the fund that should have some people worried is that you don't have too many of these big Rand hedge options in South Africa. I can think of around 10. Is that your investment universe here? Spot on, Rake. Um, at the moment, we, we do monitor about 10 to 12 locally listed shares, which are in our universe. Fortunately, we also have the property sector, which we can consider. We are still quite a small asset manager, so we are able to invest in these names without materially moving the price. Some of those names would be Sirius Real Estate, Mass Real Estate, Stenprop, many of them in the, in the sectors which we like in an ever-changing economy, so the likes of distribution and, um, and light industrial of the sorts. Trinco is an interesting company in this portfolio, especially in the context of the portfolio. It's relatively small, 680 million rand market cap. And the share has not performed well during this year, year to date down close to 60%. Why do you like Trinco so much? Yeah, right. It hasn't been a great performer, but you do have to remember that they paid a special dividend of 1 rand 60. That was paid about a month ago. So that has to, has to be factored into the calculation. But even after considering that, it is still slightly down for the year. Why we like it, our roots at High Street Asset Management go back to 2011 when, you, when we ran a multi-strategy hedge fund. And we used to do a lot of trading within Trencor, between Trencor and Textana, its biggest underlying holding. So we got a very good uh, grasp of the happenings there. And as it stands today, 
Trencor is basically a cash shell with majority of the cash then in, in US dollars, and it's at a 30% discount to its underlying. Uh, management have committed to unwinding the structure, and that is all dependent on an indemnity, which lasts until the end of 2024. The indemnity arose when they restructured within the company and got rid of the Halco Trust ownership within that company. So rake a 30% discount and holding on to US dollars, obviously we, that could be a very attractive return with the major risk being that sunning comes of the indemnity. You know, if you just take a bit of a helicopter view of this fund, you know, there are so many people complaining about Regulation 28, the significant investments that need to remain in South Africa and the poor performance we've seen over the past five years. Do you believe Regulation 28 in its current form is uh, gives you enough flexibility to be able to get the offshore exposure you want uh, if you so want it? Right, I believe... The only, the only reason why we're able to achieve such a big RAND hedge bias within the fund is because of our size. So as we get bigger, that may become an issue, although discussions are underway in office to gate the fund to restrict new investors should we get to a certain size. I don't really want to comment on uh, Regulation 28 per se, but if changes were enacted to Reg 28, which allowed investment to flow out, out of the economy, the locally listed shares would really be a bit short on funding. The likes, what we saw on the back of COVID and the lockdowns, a lot of these locally focused companies had to come to the market to raise capital. If Reg 28 allows investors to invest everything offshore, it could be a bit detrimental to the South African economy. Yeah, absolutely. I see the fund size around 136 million rand, so it is actually quite small. But the are some really interesting things happening in South Africa, and that is the Treasury who announced that the inward listed shares and other instruments could be regarded as local assets. The FSCA has not decided or proclamated on whether it would impact Regulation 28, but what do you make of the proposed regulation? All right. As we believe investing offshore is the best way to maximize your returns going forward, so I think for the industry as a whole, um, not considering the negative effects it could have on the local companies, I think it's good for the retirees. Whether the FSCA actually approves the reclassification of these inward listed ETFs is yet to be seen. But obviously, our unique selling point is that we can offer a large uh, RAND hedge product. And should these new regulations be passed by the FSCA, we, we're going to have to reassess. But we are in constant negotiations with our administrators, prescient, and we'll see what happens going forward. We expect to hear an answer in the coming months, but I'm not too sure what's going to happen. But that could, in theory at least, change the, the local investment dynamic significantly. If those um, inward listed instruments are regarded as uh, local investments and Regulation 28 can adapt and invest in those shares with the local allocation. I agree wholeheartedly. I think it will be very beneficial to the retirees. But to us, um, it kind of flies in the face of what they've been trying to do with Regulation 28, possibly seeing prescribed assets coming through and really trying to keep the money in South Africa. So we, we don't have a firm view on it at, at this stage. But for the meantime, we are just going to continue with our strategy our, and that's maximizing around hedge exposure. 
A significant portion of your uh, high equity fund is invested in the uh, Wealth Warriors Fund, a global fund which has significant exposure to the big international tech stocks, Amazon, Facebook, Alibaba, and the likes. And it's interesting because I've spoken to many fund managers with global funds, and they tend to shy away from these uh, big uh, tech stocks, the FANGs, because they believe they are, are overvalued. And obviously, you don't. You believe in the momentum strategy. Just take us through the thinking there. Yeah, we very much believe in the strategy. It was founded four years ago. Our decision was once again to offer investors something more unique. So we had, we adopted a mandate which focuses on, which is thematic in nature, and it's focused on the disruption of conventional industries through technological innovation and changes in consumer behavior. Some of the themes in the fund relate to medical innovation, planet preservation, digitalization, software as a service, and new leisure. The themes are endless, and we believe the world is evolving at a fast pace, and people have to take advantage of these. If we look at the, the growth versus value debate, if we go back to 2007, growth has outperformed value by, by 120%. Do we believe this is going to continue? In the short term, there could be a reversal. Obviously, a lot of these growth names have benefited from the lockdown measures as they are lockdown proof in their business models. So we could see some rotation there, but even inside Wealth Warriors, we are able to adjust the fund somewhat to focus on a bit of a recovery in some of these names. For example, we hold Lyft and Uber. Obviously, the majority of operations are in the US and Uber's share prices actually perform quite nicely as the business has been buoyed by food delivery. So the view could be there if the vaccine comes through and the world's going to slowly return to normal, then Lyft is set to perform better because it's a purely ride-hailing service. So while, once again, we believe that there could be a short-term reversal, in the long term, we stick to the mandates and that is thematic investing based on the industries of tomorrow. But these shares have run phenomenally well. And a lot of uh, analysts believe uh, they've uh, rose into bubble territory. Are you worried about a correction? Right. I wouldn't say a correction. Obviously, we're seeing now that even though there is positive news on the vaccine, we are seeing cases surging throughout the world and various levels of lockdowns once again being implemented. So we've seen the tech shares rebound there a bit. One point I will mention is that we are allowed 30% directly offshore. So at the moment, we have 17% invested in Wealth Warriors, but I am able to rotate for that other 10%. And I could invest in the likes of an AbbVie in the pharmaceutical space, Lockheed Martin. So there has been some sort of a rotation within our fund, but obviously our holding in the Wealth Warriors fund we will hold that indefinitely. You haven't been in the, the business that long. You're not even 10 years. Uh, and it's interesting how your views differ from some of the asset managers with lots of gray hair. Would you, for example, if you could, consider investing in Bitcoin or including Bitcoin in, in a fund? We have discussed it uh, with the, the incumbent um, fund manager. It's not something which we would consider at this stage, as we feel, we feel it's a completely different risk profile. I feel if an investor wants to go into that, then a direct investment is, but in Bitcoin is a better option there. 
I mean, we've seen Bitcoin go from $10,000 to $16,000 and it could as easily reverse. So what we are trying to offer here is a growth, but without that extreme volatility. And uh, talking about gray hairs, that's where I learned my trade. Uh, Michael Patchett in the business. He's been in the industry for longer than I've been alive. Um, so I do have a, a bit of um, philosophies, which I adopt from the guys with the gray hair. But do your views differ? Do you sometimes growl at each other? We do differ, but I, I feel that's active debate and that uh, warrants a better outcome at the end of the day. Just for interest's sake, if you do choose to invest in Bitcoin, would you be able to include it in a Regulation 28 fund? Not to my knowledge, no. Interesting indeed. Ross, thank you so much for your time today. That was Ross Beckley. He's a fund manager and analyst at High Street Asset Management.